Welcome to the awesome Podmix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, "When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema." Today I'll be talking about the 6th and the season finale episode of Marvel Studios Loki. Whether Marvel creates movies or TV shows, they are all cinematic. This episode's title is For All Time Always, written by Michael Waldron and Eric Martin and directed by Kate Herron. The most memorable moment of the finale was the title sequence of Marvel Studios with the overlay of dialogue from previous Marvel films and WandaVision. It begins with the music of It's Been a Long Long Time by Helen Forrest and Harry James. It's the same song that plays in Winter Soldier when Fury and Steve have a conversation in his apartment and the last scene of Endgame when Peggy and Steve dance together. We hear the sound of Iron Man's repulsor. Sam Wilson compliments Scott Lang during Civil War. Way to go, Tick Tack. Hope Van Dyne's dialogue while training Scott Lang in Ant-Man. That's how you punch. Hulk's uproar. T'Challa saying, "Wakanda forever." The sound of Spider-Man's web shooter. Scott Lang and Sam Wilson's first meeting from the Ant-Man. No, you wouldn't have heard of me. Natasha's phone conversation with Phil Coulson in the Avengers. Let me put you on hold. Peter Quill's line to Ronan from the climax of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Dance off, bro. The sound of Mjolnir as Steve catches it in Endgame. Thor's line from the contest of champions in Ragnarok. He's a friend from work. Captain America versus 2012 Captain America in Endgame. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. Hank Pym from 1989 while the Triskelion is still under construction in the movie Ant-Man. He smashes Mitchell Carson's face on the desk and says, "I'll show you ferocity." Carol Danvers from Captain Marvel saying, "Higher further faster baby." Loki to Thanos in Infinity War. We have a Hulk Cork to Loki in Ragnarok. We're going to jump on that ship and get out of here. Wanna come? Bucky to Steve in Winter Soldier. Who the hell is Bucky? Peter Quill explaining to Rocket in Guardians of the Galaxy. I have a part of a plan. Natasha to Loki in Avengers. I've got red in my ledger. Doctor Strange to Dormammu. I've come to bargain. Vision to Ultron at the final battle from Age of Ultron. I was born yesterday. Hulk to Loki after smashing him in Avengers. Puny god. Thor on his way to get Mjolnir from a temporary shield base from the first Thor movie. You're big. I fought bigger. Fury speech from the Avengers. There was an idea. Hawkeye motivating Wanda in Age of Ultron. You're an Avenger. Loki's last words to Thanos before dying. You'll never be a god. Banner's line to Steve in Avengers. I'm always angry. Hank Pym criticizing Scott Lang in Ant-Man and the Wasp. You sent my suit through the mail. Kaiselius to Doctor Strange from the first Doctor Strange movie. Time is the true enemy of us all. Baby Loki's cry when Odin rescues him after the battle in the first Thor movie. Philosopher Alan Watts lecture about time. We think of time as a one-way motion. Neil Armstrong taking his first step on the moon. One small step for man, 
Greta Thunberg saying, How dare they? Malala Yousafzai saying, My dreams. Nelson Mandela's speech, We have fought for the right to experience speech. Hindi movie song, Swag Sahanehi Jai from the movie Happy Fir Bhag Jayegi. Classic Loki from the last episode saying, Glorious purpose! Liberian President Ellen Johnson Sirleaf saying, Motivated by women, Throughout the world, Vision's iconic line from WandaVision. What is grief if not love persevering? Maya Angelou saying, I will rise. Sylvie's line from the last episode. Open your eyes. We see that the sacred timeline is a circular clock-like light stream. We see that the sacred timeline is a circular cylindrical light stream. Everything is happening all at once. Past, present, future. Loki title sequence begins. Loki and Sylvie arrive at the door of the citadel at the end of time. It has a crack design like the Kintsuki pottery, where the cracks are filled with gold. Sylvie needs a moment before entering. She has been waiting for this moment all her life. Her timeline was pruned even before Loki existed. The citadel door opens on its own. Sylvie and Loki enter. There are two statues with clock faces. Miss Minutes appears out of nowhere and informs that he who remains is impressed with them. She offers Loki and Sylvie a deal which is too good to be true. She reveals he who remains can insert them back in the sacred timeline so they can live their lives as they've always wanted. I don't buy it. It's a lie. Sylvie catches the lie and says it's fiction. Loki reiterates that they write their own destiny now. Miss Minutes sarcastic says, yeah, sure you do. And then she disappears. At the TVA, Rensselaer's stem pad is downloading some TVA files while she is going through some physical files. Rensselaer notices ring stains left by Mobius. Miss Minutes appears and informs Rensselaer that the files are downloading on her stem pad. When Rensselaer asks what took her so long, she says some things had to get worked out. Rensselaer checks the digital files, but to her surprise, it's not what she asked for. Miss Minutes assures that he thinks this will be more helpful. When Rensselaer asks who, Miss Minutes' response is, Bye, happy reading, and then she disappears. At the citadel, as Sylvie and Loki go further inside, there are four timekeepers' statues out of which one is shattered. The statues are covered in dust. Loki isn't sure if he who remains is still alive. Right on cue, a noise comes from inside the elevator. Loki and Sylvie move toward the elevator. They are framed right in the center between the two timekeepers' statues along with the elevator. The following cut is a shot of the two timekeepers' statues on each side without Loki and Sylvie with the elevator door in the center. This feels like a jump cut because it was cut from one wide shot to another with very slight alteration. You'll realize what I'm saying if you revisit the finale episode and go to time code 9 minutes 9 seconds. What Watch it and tell me it doesn't feel jarring because it feels jarring to me. We can see a golden glow sneaking through the bottom opening of the elevator door. Seeing this, Loki and Sylvie draw their weapons. The elevator doors open and it's Jonathan Majors dressed as immortals from the comics without the headgear. He comments that Loki and Sylvie's union is unnatural as they are the same person. 
No, they are not. Sylvie addresses him as he who remains. He invites them to talk in his office. As they ascend up in the elevator, Loki is surprised that he who remains is just a man. For Sylvie, it's just a little bit easy to kill. As Sylvie strikes, he who remains disappears and appears right behind her. He continues to do that a couple of times and then finally disappears. The elevator stops. When the door opens, we see he who remains on the other side welcoming Loki and Sylvie into his office. He pours tea for them and offers them to sit. Loki and Sylvie are surprised out of their wits. At the TVA, Renslayer is packing her bag with some files. She hears a knock and it's Mobius at her office door. Renslayer is surprised, not shocked, surprised. Renslayer says, if anyone was ever gonna make it back from the void, I suppose it was gonna be you. Mobius replies, oh well, one man's void is another man's piece of cake. Renslayer thinks Mobius is gonna prune her. Mobius likes that idea, but his standards might be a little bit higher in that area than hers. The area being close personal friends. Renslayer is apologetic, but she couldn't let Mobius get in the way of her mission. Mobius can't believe what he's hearing. Mobius reminds her that the timekeepers are fake. All the people at the TVA are variants and there's no mission. Renslayer calls for Hunter D90, but Mobius reveals that her secret is out. Mobius takes out the Franklin D. Roosevelt pen and shows it to Renslayer. Renslayer is curious to know what Mobius did. On the sacred timeline in Fremont, Ohio 2018, Hunter B-15 gets Hunter U-92 to Franklin D. Roosevelt School. Hunter B-15 enters the principal's cabin. Behind Hunter B-15 on the wall is Rebecca Tormany's degree from the Ohio State University. Hunter U-92 wants Hunter B-15 to surrender, but she asks him to wait. Rebecca, a variant of Renslayer's, walks in the principal's cabin. At the Citadel, he who remains insults Loki and calls him a flea on a dragon's back. Loki tries to explain to he who remains that he has lost. Sylvie strikes again but misses. He who remains shows the script that he has written for Loki and Sylvie. In the script, Sylvie is mentioned as Loki variant 1190. He who remains paved the way for them to reach here. He who remains tries to get Loki and Sylvie to fight each other, sowing the seeds of mistrust. At the TVA, Mobius reveals that he will inform everyone at the TVA that all of this is a lie. Renslayer still believes it was an necessary one and it was done for a reason. How delusional is she? Mobius knows what happens to people who get pruned and there's nothing necessary about that. Renslayer thinks if timelines weren't pruned, there'll be chaos and death. Mobius says there will also be free will. Renslayer feels only the one in charge gets to have free will. Mobius repeats Renslayer's line from episode 4 and mocks her. Friends across time, allies to the end, all lies till the end. I knew it. She pruned him and sent him to die. Mobius wants to know why. What happened to her? She betrayed Mobius. But according to Renslayer, Mobius betrayed her. He suffered a crisis of faith and turned to those variants. Eons of friendship, he threw it all away on a couple of Lokis. Classic manipulator shifting the blame onto the victim. Mobius reminds her that they can't take people's free will away. He even offers her a deal to build the TVA into something better together. 
Where the hell is this coming from? What happened to burning the TVA to the ground? Renslayer opens a time door portal from her temp pad to leave. Mobius switches on the prune baton because he's not gonna let her leave. Renslayer is not scared of Mobius as he poses no threat to her. When Mobius charges toward Renslayer to prune her, she snatches the prune baton from him, kicks him down and threatens to prune him instead. Mobius asks where is she headed. Her response is in search of free will which means she is going in search of the man in charge. Mobius displayed some spark in the fifth episode when he said he would go to the TVA and burn it down to the ground. But that fizzled out very soon. He didn't even put up a fight with Renslayer to stop her. He just gave up. The whole sequence was so underwhelming. Unless Mobius is hiding something. And this was his plan all along. At the Citadel, he who remains reveals that his biggest fear is he himself which means his dangerous variants. People have dubbed him many names over the years. Ruler, like Ramatat, Conqueror, like Kang, He Who Remains, Jerk. His story with the claymation presentation was just another manipulation. Show me, don't tell me through a presentation that he was from the 31st century. He discovered the multiverse and shared his technology and wisdom with his variants. Soon his variants wanted to conquer other universes. He Who Remains weaponized Eliath and ended the multiversal war. He then established the TVA for smooth operations of pruning realities. I understand that the makers want to show the actual story in a big screen movie. If Sylvie kills He Who Remains, someone more dangerous will take over. As if He Who Remains is a saint. He Who Remains even offers Loki and Sylvie to rule the TVA because he thinks they are all villains. And this will just give them a noble purpose to live by. I was disappointed with He Who Remains' introduction scene. It felt very lukewarm. The scenes were very dialogue heavy and I was hoping for some climactic action instead. He Who Remains' manipulation didn't even work on me. I was like, he's lying. I don't believe a word he's saying. When he says he fibbed earlier about knowing everything, who's to say he isn't lying about all the other stuff? He who remains says, we just crossed the threshold. The timeline starts to branch. How did the timeline branch all of a sudden? Was it Renslayer or was it something that Mobius did? What were the Nexus events causing the branch realities? When he who remains removes his temp pad and puts it on the desk, it is framed in a way that looks like he's still wearing it in his hand. He's still pulling the strings, he's still in control. Sylvie gets up to strike he who remains, but Loki stops her. I can't believe that Loki believes he who remains. That jerk is enjoying these two fighting like it's some sort of a sporting event. Loki is hurt because Sylvie doesn't trust him. The fight between Loki and Sylvie is beautifully choreographed. I understand that Loki has been in Sylvie's situation before and he has seen the error of his ways. But that doesn't give him the right to invalidate Sylvie's struggles or her feelings. Loki assures Sylvie that all he wants is for her to be okay. Sylvie draws 
drops her sword, Loki and Sylvie kiss. I was waiting for them to kiss since episode 3. Sylvie grabs He Who Remains' his temp pad, opens a time door portal and sends Loki back to the TVA. I felt terrible for Loki because Sylvie didn't trust him and betrayed him toward the end. If He Who Remains is gonna come back to where he is, then what's the point of anything? Kill him or don't. Nothing matters. Sylvie kills He Who Remains. She then drops down to the floor like a lifeless thing. Now that she's had her revenge, what next? The branched timelines are creating further branches overlapping into one another. It's utter chaos. In terms of story, what didn't land for me was that Loki, a living and breathing example of free will, believed everything the villain told him. What Sylvie did was right. I can't buy that the TVA are the good guys. The makers built them up in the beginning of the series, broke them down to pieces in the end, and now it's expected of the audience to believe that the TVA were doing a mighty job saving the sacred timeline. You'll need a master storyteller to convince me of that. I understand that in the end it had to lead to multiverse of madness, but I couldn't bring myself to believe anything he who remains said. Mobius and Hunter B-15 watch the branching timelines on TVA monitors and say there's no turning back. Loki is sitting dejected and hurt. He contemplates his next move. The least he can do is inform everyone at the TVA of the imminent danger. He who remains is variant. Loki heads out of the time theater looking for Mobius. Casey is now Hunter K5E. If you see 5 as S, it's KSE, Casey, his name from the earlier episodes. Both Mobius and Hunter B15 don't remember Loki to begin with and mistake him for an analyst seeing his clothes. Loki notices that instead of the timekeeper's statue, there's a Kang statue in the TVA. End credits begin. Loki will return in season 2. And I will return with Thor Love and Thunder because the sun needs to shine on Loki and Thor again. You can listen to the awesome pod mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, I'll soon be launching the awesome pod mix page on Patreon, and you can support me there. Thanks for listening.